Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Rick Carl's our sports business and legal insider on CBS Sports Radio, and he joins us tonight. I think he's uh, down in Florida, maybe. No. Where are you? Indianapolis. Oh, all right. What are you doing in Indy? I've got a, a, a speech today uh, driving up to Chicago for that Ohio State-Northwestern game. Then uh, Wisconsin-Illinois bucket list. Never seen a game in Illinois, and that'll be a 60-point snoozer. And then Sunday, the Colts and the Texans. So it's uh, some good Midwest football. So you're going from Chicago back to Indy. Yeah, Chicago, Bloomington, or... or uh, uh, Champagne. Champagne, sorry. Right, forget it. And then uh, Indy. All right. Uh, so uh, tell me what you think of, uh, you know, the latest uh, about this NBA China disaster, because, uh, you know, he's admitted, you know, the silver, the substantial losses for the league. And he says he's not firing Daryl Morey and the Chinese government said that's what they wanted. Uh, tell me what you think of this whole disaster. Well, the disaster is um that nobody saw the intensity of the Chinese government. And we realize that if you have a state-run operation that can shut everything down in a minute, it really means that in 30 seconds, no more endorsement deals, no more games, no more television. And so obviously if Daryl Morey wakes up one day and says, maybe I shouldn't have sent that tweet. First Amendment, everybody understands that. If you're going to do business in, in a country like that, you, you got you to gotta change things around. And things that are so intense are, for example, uh, that uh, I, I watched the LeBron six minutes. He did it after a you know, warm-up. 98% of his answers were beautiful, really well done and scripted. And just at the end of the thing, he kind of let his hair down a little bit and said that Daryl Morey was misinformed. Uh, I think he really probably meant that misinformed about how far the tweet would go. But yet now he's on the chopping block. So this is, this is going to take a lot of people. It's not going to take them down, but it's certainly going to affect people. Ten years ago, ten years from now, historians write about this. It's, it's an amazing example of how the modern world and how social media can kind of get everybody all excited to the point of hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, listen, uh, I won't deny uh, that LeBron's uh, global uh, icon status and his career and his uh, infamy and all the rest, I get all that, and, and that's deserving. He certainly has earned that. But I, I have to tell you, I, I, you know, I feel like uh, he stuck, you know, stuck his nose in it, and then he opened up his mouth and then started talking about how you know, Maury was misinformed. Meanwhile, I felt like um, he's always trying, in my opinion, to try to be the, the, you know, philosophical guy for the league. And it's funny to me because I said this the other night. Now, people don't like hearing it, but he has a high school. He's got a high school education. That's what he's got. But he's got a TV show that he sits in a barber shop and he's trying to change the world with all of his genius. I don't think he's as smart as he as he plays on TV. I think he's a great basketball player. And frankly, when it comes to big things like this, this political nature of this uh, this disaster, he should have kept his mouth shut. I don't think he's as smart as he thinks he is. In fact, I think he's pretty stupid, too. Well, listen, a lot of people probably should have kept their mouth shut, which is the point. 
But then you get into Michael Jordan, who, when he chooses to stay quiet on stuff, remember there's a lot of criticism about how he should have spoken up about a lot of things. He had a platform, never took advantage of it, should have been a role model. So, you know, you, sometimes you can't win on, on all of this. And, and what, what, what we, we learn is that you can't script this stuff. The, the other thing is, if you're a crisis management person, now you can charge hundreds of thousands of dollars because everybody's going to be in the hot seat now for a while. And the answer, like you just said, is I, a, a lot of people would have done a lot better just by being quiet for a couple of days. Yeah, I agree. Rick Harrell with us. Uh, the MLS playoffs have started. I guess my question is, uh, I know they have 50 million teams in the league, but are they actually, any of them, making money? And, and B, does anyone give a rat's ass about the MLS playoffs? Uh, people in the MLS do. <laughs> uh, you know, are they making money? Uh, it, it, it's hard to know. It's a different expansion process here because, you know, Don Garber sets a price. It's $250 million. It's even more than that. You get stadiums done. There are a lot of guys in the league beyond just the Hunt family and the Crafts who have made major commitments in this league. Now you've got 29. You're going to have 30. Sacramento is next. The Miami deal hopefully will get done sometime in the next uh, millicentury. And the bottom line is uh, there are people going. Uh, they're, they're, you know, small stadiums. Everybody's got a stadium done. And for the MLS, it's not the Premier League, but I do think that they've uh, made a lot of steps in the right direction over the last few years. So uh, the XFL had their draft, their five-tiered draft, five phases of it. And uh, what we surmised from the whole thing at the end of the day, Rick, was is that uh, the, the list of players that were drafted is um, atrocious. I, I want to know how is that league going to be any better than it was before when they got a bunch of hacks playing in it. Yeah, but – you remember the USFL's downfall uh, in addition to the fact that Trump moved to the spring and they won an antitrust suit, but they won three bucks. Downfall was to bid uh, high prices uh, for players who are already in the NFL. And, and maybe what you do is you you have a little more of a superstar orientation than what this draft did, but not everybody. So you're right. It's kind of hard to understand how people are going to go see football with the guys that they've ended up drafting hey but the bottom line is oliver luck and people are saying well football of any kind is better than no football at all the alliance proved that's not the case but maybe it'll be better this time around yeah i think it's going to be uh sanchez just hit a two-run hummer but they're still down uh yeah he did it now when they're down 6-1 it's 6-3 now uh, his first postseason home run, his first hit in three months. Uh, SoFi uh, sees the Rams and Chargers home as an efficient way to market. Uh, and my question is this. The Chargers are struggling to sell seat licenses there. And the reality of it, my question is, uh, are they going to – is it going to work for them there? Because I have never seen a team get so, like, ridiculed for moving to L.A. or even moving into this stadium with the Rams because everyone keeps saying that the Chargers have no chance to be successful in Los Angeles. I'm not sure I believe that with that new stadium worth billions. I think they'll actually do well there. See, and that's, ex that's exactly my point. Uh, when you move into a $5 billion palace uh, and you've been used to a 25,000-seat band box, it's going to add some people anyway. question is, are people going to come from South County, Orange County, and San Diego – especially when those people feel they were jilted by the Chargers in the first place. Teams not playing really well this year, but they don't suck. And so a lot changes when a new stadium gets done. 
And will they coexist with the Rams? Well, yeah, it took a while, but the Jets and the Giants certainly have figured out a way to coexist. So the bottom line is, ask me in two years, once you have a year in that new stadium, and if they're still struggling, there's a problem. Uh, Rick Harrell with us tonight in Indianapolis, our sports business and legal insider for over two decades on my show. I have to ask you, the, the World Health Organization is involved with FIFA now to promote healthy lifestyles through soccer globally. Maybe they should focus instead, FIFA, on uh, ending the racism at all of their games. Well, that's one of the things they're trying to talk about, too. But they're trying to do to, uh, tobacco-free environments, um, uh, uh, dealing with technical advice, health, safety, yeah, the racism, by the way, if people haven't seen it, it's not a joking matter. It's really, really, really bad. I've been to games over in Europe, and it's, it's just it's, it's not a great environment. So they've got slogans and racism. That in and of itself doesn't do it. I, I don't know what does, but maybe you spend more money and you focus on it even harder than you do today. You're absolutely right. Uh, New York City Marathon training, what are they doing, eating pizza? <laughs> yeah, how about that? Uh, <laughs> they're talking about... Uh, doing a miles for pizza challenge, uh, New Balance is involved in it. The more running, the more pizza slices, the more you raise for charity. Kind of cool. Uh, tell me about this. Uh, the Ad Week shows how the NFL connects television advertising and American culture. I'll tell you how they do it uh, with the ratings they get. 19 of the highest 20 rated broadcasts in TV history have been Super Bowls. We know that. But the other stat is... 142 billion people tune into the NFL. 20 of the top 20 highest-rated TV programs this season, all NFL games. Now you know how they do it. And by the way, streaming is up 51%. So everybody's watching, but they're watching different stuff now, including on your devices. Yeah, they are. Uh, let's do top tech. How about the NFL expanding their over-tier Game Pass deal, which is international streaming ops? 181 countries, Israel, Japan, Mexico, South Korea, a lot of different places. The Zones parent company involved in it as well. So over-tier is another really cool way to get games to people through a lot of different platforms, Xbox, PlayStation, Amazon, Fire TV, Samsung, all of those. So it used to be when you went over to Europe and on vacation or go to places, you couldn't find the NFL, not anymore. So uh, tell me about uh, the PGA at the players on, in, like, March. They're going to show every single shot by every single player the whole tournament. How are they going to do that? With a lot of cameras and a lot of dollars and a lot of technology. 32,000 shots over four days at Sawgrass. 120 cameras all over the course. So they're getting full techie, and they're saying, we're going to try to cover – the game, not just with the leaders, but everybody. Uh, the merging, this is the power of sports, merging vets and players, the MVP charity, and the Falcons, that's a great thing that they're doing to help reduce military and veteran suicides. Now they just have to figure out a way to uh, keep their fans from jumping off a building. Well, especially if they play the way they've been playing. And so, hey, you got to admire Arthur Blank and the Falcons for coming up with some really cool stuff off the field, even if they're not playing well on the field. Saints linebacker Demario Davis turns man of God headband violation into an act of charity. What did he do? That's a really cool deal. So the NFL says, look, we're going to fine you just like we find Jim McMahon and other people. Although we like you and we like Demario Davis, we're going to fine you 7000 bucks because you wrote in the headband. He said, all right, go ahead and do it. We're going to give all the money to charity, Dominic's Hospital in Jackson, Mississippi. And by the way, 
I'm going to keep wearing man of God, women of God. You want to find me more? More money for charity. Uh, how about the uh, the Canes with this Nicosi Perry? Every uh, like, are you kidding me? I got to go down that road again. You got to go down that road, but uh, you know Williams didn't do it. And the problem with that road is, I don't care who you put back there. If you have an offensive line that looks like a sieve, uh, it's no good for football. And what about the Dolphins? They change quarterbacks every week. What are they doing? Well, uh, what are they doing? They're, you know, they're gonna gonna try to go. Well, wrong words. Um, they are providing an opportunity to rebuild. Problem is, if you have four million draft picks next year, that just doesn't automatically guarantee success either. But you know, listen, Steve Ross says I'm tired of being seven and nine or eight and eight. I'm trying something new, and you got to admit it's different than what's been happening in the past. It's crazy that the Panthers and the Heat are going to be more exciting uh, than the Dolphins and Canes in Miami because uh, Tyler Hero and Adebayo and then the Panthers have Bobrovsky. They're actually more fun to watch. Rick, great stuff. Uh, Enjoy Indy and Chicago and Champagne and Indy again. All right, man. See you next week. All right, Rick Harrow with us tonight from Indianapolis, Indiana, the Hoosiers, where I went to school, Indiana University. Uh, You alum, son. 87. I actually graduated. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.